why am I so fucking off today? <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Bears and Brews podcast. I am Pam. And I'm Salome. How's it going? Did I, uh, good. Did I say my name right? I think you did. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't really ever say my own name. And so I think I probably say it differently every time and it's probably not even the correct way. Well, that's I'm okay because I say it differently every time too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay. As long as I'm not the only one. Uh, how was your holiday? It was good. I'm always a bit torn on celebrating Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandable. Because of all the awesome, like, super chill history associated with it. Yeah, yeah. Those mm-hmm. rad colonialists. Oh, um, yeah. So rad. But, you know, I think what I celebrate more at this point than Thanksgiving is a made-up holiday called Wolfanute. Have you what? heard of it? Wolfanute? Yeah, so wolf... And then E N O O T, Wolfanute. I have not heard of that, but that sounds amazing. Okay, so <laughs> like five years ago, this little boy in Australia made up a holiday, and basically it was like all about the spirit of the wolf and animals. So, like, you're supposed to eat meat, Aww. but it's fine if you don't eat meat. And, um, you are supposed to hide presents around the house and treat mm-hmm. and people who treat animals well <laughs> get more or get like better presents. Oh my God. I love that. It's just like literally a holiday that an eight year old made up, but it's been on like, it's like an international thing now. So, and it, this year it just happened to fall on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. So right around. Yeah. I would celebrate that. Um, how was yours? It was good. Uh, we just did a small thing uh, with a few family members and um, my, uh, I was going to say little brother and sister-in-law, but they're both adults, but they're a lot younger <laughs> than I am. So I think of them as little. Anyway, uh, they came over and we did games and made some Indian food and just spent time together. It was really nice. I liked it. Cool. Uh, we do not have Charlotte still. We should have her by the next time you guys hear our lovely voices. <laughs> The hell, Charlotte? Just kidding. <laughs> she is, yeah, she's traveling right now, but we're excited to have her back when she's able to. Super excited for that. Um, what are you drinking today, tonight? I'm drinking a blackberry soda. I think I maybe drank one of those before, so that's not that exciting, but it's good. Oh, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking apple grape Martinelli's in spirit I of... Love that stuff. I love it too. <laughs> holidays. In spirit spirit. of the holidays, and I'm on week three of five of no drinking. So, guys, we passed the halfway point of Pam being boring on the show because she's sober. (laughs) I don't think you're boring. That stuff is good, though. I grew up with that shit. It's it's yummy. Yeah. So you don't have a bear fact today because you. I do not have a bear fact. The (laughs) ball. I dropped the fucking ball, you guys. I did not realize I did not have a bear fact until we started recording. Uh, so Salome was kind enough to offer. To save the day again. <laughs> so you have today's bear fact. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me if it's bogus or if it's real. I thought it was interesting. It's from bear.org, which sounds pretty fucking official, but... Uh, do you know what the most accurate way to age a bear is? Or tell the age of a bear? Uh, they're, they have rings on their teeth, right? <laughs> you know what, Pam? What? Just, just pretend like you don't know. Just oh, like, so okay, I can sorry, feel like you I'm... over. Ask me again. <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> like that. Okay, yes, you're right. Um, the most accurate way to tell the age of the bear is they have these cool little rings. Uh, so if you take a cross section of one of their tooth roots, um, there's this alternating like thin black line that's created when they are hibernating and then um, a larger, lighter area during the whatever the opposite of them hibernating is. Being awake? <laughs> Yes. It says here it says the growing season. 
I don't know what that is, but yeah, the being awake season. Um, so yeah, it's, it's detailed. If you guys want to read about it more, you can look it up. I'm not here to give you a whole fucking lesson on aging bears. So <laughs> do your own research. Love you guys. <laughs> uh, that website bear.org is the North American bear center and they are rad, but yeah, very cool. Well, thank you for providing that bear fact of the day. You're welcome for saving your, your podcast, Pam. Thanks. Really appreciate the the contribution. I'll bill you later. Yeah, I'll pay you with the negative money that I've earned from this podcast because <laughs> it's cost several hundred dollars. <laughs> mm. All right. Should we hop in? You have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Also hop in. It sounds kind of funny. Okay. Um, It said earlier, it said something about Play Dead. And then the software that we use died. So then you renamed it to basically fuck the software we use. So it was something about playing dead. Um, I'm going to guess something about, I was going to say bear safety, but I don't think so. Bear attacks? Am I talking about bear attacks? Yeah, we are. (gasps) We are Are talking about bear attacks today. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm excited. Brown bear attacks specifically. In North America specifically. I'm so excited. So... Microbrewing 6 was about staying safe in bear country, right, to prevent those attacks. And our next microbrewing is going to be about what to do if you have an actual physical encounter with a with a brown or grizzly bear in the wild. If you didn't listen to our episode and didn't heed our advice and our warnings. Yes. Yes, exactly. And this episode in particular is focusing on bear attacks. So it's a statistic heavy episode with some stories mixed in. Um, So first of all, I just want to say a couple of the sources. We will put them in our our show notes as usual. Um, The first source is just me because literally ever since I was probably about six years old, I've been reading books like Alaska Bear Tales and watching shows about bear attacks and shit like that. So is that why you're such a happy child? Probably. Or it was, you know. (laughs) my parents, but whatever. Um, And also, uh, we're not going to tell this story today, but I was actually in Yellowstone in 2011 when someone got killed by a bear. And yeah, and I remember we drove by, um, it was actually only my second time in Yellowstone. And we drove by the trailhead and they had everything marked off. And there was like, investigators and all sorts of shit. Uh, at that trailhead, so it's a little crazy. Will you tell us about that bear attack later on? I'm curious sure. which one it was. Okay. Yeah, if we have time. If not, we'll tell it in a microbrewing. Okay. See, I'm just gonna dangle dangle the carrot there to get people to continue to listen. <laughs> Gets me to continue to listen, so I think it's working. <laughs> Rude. Um, okay, another a couple other uh, sources for this. Um, books um, mark of the grizzly by scott mcmillian it is about bear uh, grizzly bear attacks or, and brown bear attacks um throughout north america and then taken by bear in yellowstone is a book by kathleen snow and she actually using the freedom of information act she was she had the park service send her every single official report on every bear fatality in the park ever so it's a really good book and like it, it comes with some of yeah she has like some of the drawings and sketches and photos and stuff that are in the reports Ooh. um she gives a little summary and then she kind of tells the story um so that one's really good another one is called death in yellowstone by lee whittlesey and that is just a it's probably the best selling book about yellowstone it just kind of goes into a bunch of different ways that people have died throughout yellowstone's history i'm gonna look that stuff up falling off stuff falling into the thermals yeah it's a good book um, and then a couple different studies we're going to link. Um, the One of them that we'll talk about in a minute is actually open source. So you can read the entire study and it's not, it's not too full of like scientific jargon and it's not too long either. Um, and then also the National Park Service, um, huge, huge contributor to some of this information. But again, we'll have everything specifically in the show notes. So um, 
again, the stats are restricted in North America and in some cases just Yellowstone, um, which I will call out because the GYE, the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem, has the highest concentration of grizzlies in the lower 48 and it's the most studied. So that's why we have the the most stats for this general area. And I am going to be using the terms grizzly and brown bear interchangeably. So, you know, some of these might be what's considered a brown bear in Alaska or Canada. Some of them might be inland grizzlies. Um, Go back and listen to episode two, uh, Frosted Tips, if you want to know details (laughs) about grizzly versus brown bear. But they are essentially the same species. Yeah, and boy bands. Um, So I will be using those terms. Um, A couple other terms. Uh, If I say encounter, that means um, some kind of encounter with a bear that did not turn physical and did not cause any damage. Uh, I'm going to use the word attack instead of mauling because mauling kind of indicates gruesome or particularly bad or um, bad in- bad intentions. And so I prefer to use the term attack instead of mauling and then fatalities, right? So if I, I'll, I will use attack or fatality, whichever one is relevant for that situation. That makes sense. Um, and then... Yeah, and then one other thing I just I just want to call out at the top of the show. We are going to see some trends that happen in these attacks where people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that could be from ignorance. They just don't know. And I'm not saying that in, you know, talking down way. Um, that could be intentionally. Or it could be they are doing activities that are contradictory to being safe in bear country. Like when hunters are, you know, sneaking around being quiet, uh, dressing a kill, that kind of thing. So there are these trends that we see, but even if someone does all the wrong things, I just want to say this right now, even if they're doing everything wrong, they don't deserve to be attacked or killed by a grizzly. So I just want to say that now. For sure. Take your shots now because we're going to get into the stats. (laughs) Okay, so now that we have all those formalities out of the way, um, we talked in the black bear episode about all all the different bear fatality numbers, and there's about 90 known human fatalities from wild grizzlies in North America. So I say, you know, there's a couple of things there, about 90 that are known. Um, this could be somebody just disappears, never comes back, they never find them never find the bear, anything like that. Um, It could also be, you know, there could have been more way back in the day before there was a lot of reporting on it. And also way back in the day, um, you know, most of these, like these numbers do not include any Native American stats. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't think it was very common for grizzlies to kill Native Americans because they, you know, work with nature instead of against it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably more than 90, but there's about 90 known. And I also emphasized wild because there have been some deaths from captive ones. Gotcha. Which seems like a totally different situation. So it makes sense to exclude it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's why I don't even count them. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, that is just so specific Mm -hmm. and kind of irrelevant to our point. Yeah. Right. For the next the next couple of stats I'm going to give, there was a specific study between 2000 and 2015. This one is one of the most comprehensive because this study looked at a lot of the information already out there. So it, it basically combined a bunch of information and analyzed, analyzed what we do know about these attacks. And this study was for mm-hmm. worldwide, but they do split it between Europe, Russia, and North America. So mo- the numbers I'm going to give are, are specific to North America. So in that 15-year okay. period, there were 183 grizzly bear attacks on humans. Wow. So that's about 12 a year. But 66 of those were in Alaska, which makes sense, right? Because they have over half of the bears in North America are in, uh, the brown bears in North America are in Alaska. They have 30,000 of them. So 66 attacks in 15 years with 30,000 bears doesn't 
doesn't seem too much. Um, mm-hmm. So of those 183, uh, 24 were resulted in death. So about 13%. Um, And of the attacks overall, so not fatalities, just of the attacks. And again, this is where physical contact is made and there's an injury, right? So of these attacks, 99% of the people were adults. And of those, 63% were alone at the time of attack. Mm. So over half of them. Now, they could have set out in a group and gotten separated. But at the time of the attack, 63% were alone. So, and, you know, again, go back to Microbrew and Six, uh, Wet Dog Smell was the name (laughs) of that episode. And, you know, we go over some tips and I'll kind of summarize them at the end as well. But most of those people were recreating, but there have been fatalities with people who are working outdoors, you know, ranching, um, firefighter, like wildland firefighters, stuff like that. And I didn't even think about that. Yep. And wildlife specific field work. Hmm. Do you remember we said that um, with black bears, almost 90% of the human fatalities were predatory? Mm-hmm. Guess how many brown bear attacks were? Like percentage-wise? Mm-hmm. Like 10%? 0.3%. Oh, wow. Okay. I was really – I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to be close this time. <laughs> wow. Not even 1%. And actually, let me let me correct something I just said. That is of of the fatalities, not of the attacks. Mm-hmm. So of of the fatalities caused by brown bears in that fifteen year period, zero point three percent were predatory. So that means the other ones. Just to make sure I understand, because I I get the definitions and stuff mixed up. Um, all of the other ones were determined to be like people kind of surprising bears. Like the bears weren't you know, going after them or it was like people. Yeah. So those would be considered defensive. So it's either defensive or predatory. And there's a couple different, a couple other things that kind of play into it. So um, the main, or or there was, they split it up by four main categories or five main categories of describing the situation. So uh, female with cubs, which was, about 60% of these brown bear fatalities are females with cubs. The -hmm. next highest was presence of a dog, which we've talked about a million times. Um, And then predatory, I know that's going to sound contradictory, but give me just a sec. Predatory was the third highest. Um, A wounded bear wounded by a human. So somebody hunting the bear or, you know, they shot the bear and the bear still killed them. And then sudden encounters were last. But here's the thing. Uh, female, the, the, the category of a female with cubs, that encompasses all the others. So if, a fe- if, it, if, it was, if the person was killed by a female with cubs, whether there was a dog, predatory, wounded, or whatever, that doesn't matter. They've just lumped it into female with cubs. So I would okay. assume the large majority of those were sudden encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it before that they it most of it is defensive. They're they're just trying to neutralize the threat. And unfortunately, that can be a result like death can be a result of them neutralizing the threat. Mm-hmm. So a couple stats there. Um, and it does kind of sometimes it sounds like a lot, right? Like, um, you know, 90 people over. I guess it's been like 140 years that we've been tracking this. Um But uh, looking at Yellowstone specifically, which again has the greatest concentration of grizzlies down here, um, the chances of an attack, if you visit Yellowstone, being attacked by a bear, that overall general is one in 2.7 million. Wow. Now, if you remain in the developed areas, roads, visitor centers, um, the lodges, and... Um, like boardwalks, things like that, your chances are only one in 59.5 million. And, and most people, oh my God. yeah, most people that visit Yellowstone stay in those developed areas. So one in almost 60 million. Yeah, I guess when you think about that. Yeah. 
like how many people visit Yellowstone each year. You know, it's it's an incredibly popular place. So, of course, we hear about bear attacks and they are devastating and so sad when they happen. But that is such a small percentage when you think about all of the people that go there. Absolutely. That, that makes sense that it would be so small. Yep. And then if you camp in a developed campground, it's only one in 26.6 million overnight stays. And I don't think a bear, I'm just pulling this off the top of my head. I don't think a bear has attacked a human inside the park boundaries, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But inside the park boundaries, I think the last time a bear attacked a human was like the 70s at a developed campground. So camping in the campground, and they walk through them all the time. So camping in in the actual campgrounds in the park is actually very safe. And, you know, I've camped in there, oh, I don't know, probably 30 times and stayed in a tent every time but once. And I was going to stay in a tent that one time, but it was 10 degrees out. So I got in the trailer (laughs) with my friends because I was like, fuck that. Yeah, I I think I probably would too. Um, So if you go out into the backcountry, if you are camping in the backcountry, you know, you got your permit, you're going out there, you're going camping. That is one in 1.7 million overnight stays. So that's still pretty fucking low. And that's people, you know, that is like you're out there, you're hiking, you're camping you've got your stuff in a bear vault or a food bag is hung up or something like that. Still only one in 1.7 million overnights. The part where it does really raise is if you go hiking. So one in 232,000 people per travel day. So it it ends up being in Yellowstone, it ends up being about one person a year mm-hmm. is attacked Has by like a, bear. a physical encounter with a bear. Yeah, and that sounds like a lot, like one a year, but remember Yellowstone is 2.2 million acres, which is 3,400 square miles, Mm -hmm. and it has over a 1,000 miles of established trails, and in most most areas of the park, you can hike off trail legally as well, Um, but like that's all you know that's not a lot for it being that big, um, you know, and and having that many trails. Um, okay, so since Yellowstone became a park in 1872, uh, only eight people have been killed by grizzlies inside the park boundaries. Oh, really? That's much much less than I thought. Yeah, it's not that many. And from what we know, none were predatory. I mean, there's some cases where um, a backpacker, you know, doesn't report back in time. A search party is sent out, finds their remains. Um, but as far as we know, none are predatory, but there definitely could have been. And again, you know, this is just inside the park boundaries. There have been several attacks and deaths outside the park boundaries, though. In 2010, in Soda Butte Campground, which is just outside the northeast entrance, um, a bear and her cubs went tent to tent attacking people. And then, um, and those people survived. And then it went down to the other loop by the river, which was much more quiet or much more um, like spread out. There wasn't as many people down there. And it was a lot louder because of the river. And they took a guy out of his tent and killed him and consumed him. And that's definitely predatory. Oh uh, and then. So that's. A, a, a like a a sow and her cubs like were they really young cubs like that's so yeah i think they were yearlings if i remember right but it was interesting because a couple weeks before that that same bear a lady was jogging on the highway um right around that area and that same bear kind of she came around the corner and the bear and the cubs were in the road and they took off so it's very interesting um you know what happens in that interim. That's such, yeah, it seems like such abnormal behavior, like in so many ways. And what year was that? 2010. 2010. Oh, so like fairly recently too. Yeah. And do you want to know, you've actually seen those bears, those cubs. What? I just got like shivers. You know, you know those cubs. They're the cubs at the Hogle Zoo in Salt Lake City. Are you serious? The cub, the bear, the three grizzly bears at the zoo in salt lake city fed on a human in 2010 oh my god 
Yeah. That's they crazy. euthanize the mom, of course, and then they trap the cubs and they're they're now like 60 miles from you. That's so crazy. But there's no evidence the cubs killed any any like they weren't the ones being aggressive. Yeah. It was the sow for sure. Um, but they did feed on his remains, which hey, if you're a bear, you don't know what's what and your mom's feeding on it. So was she like was she like ill or no, you know, her teeth weren't that bad and she wasn't that thin for the time of year. Mm. And and these are the cases that are so, so rare, but they're the ones that uh, that people tend to kind of glom onto, right? And, and use as like flagship situations. Um, these kind of attacks and, and fatalities are truly that is super rare one in a million well one in more you know way more than one million um very very unlikely thing to happen another one that i wanted to touch on was a guide from west yellowstone named carl mock we've we've kind of hit on this a little bit here and there but in april of 2021 he was fishing by a campground and he called 911 and his wife to say he had just been attacked by a bear and by the time that officials got to him, he was in pretty bad shape and they got him to the hospital in Idaho Falls. And so they did their investigation and all that. And ultimately, the Fish and Wildlife Service determined that he was at fault for this. Um, it was very, I remember when this happened, it was very kind of back and forth at first. Like he was just fishing and this bear attacked and killed him. But what they found was he wasn't close to the river. Um, his fishing gear was all put away. And he had a camera with a telephoto lens right next to where they found him. And so uh, th this is not me saying this. This is Fish and Wildlife has inferred from that information information that he was photographing the bear and just too close gotcha. and you know he did use his bear spray and i'm not sure if the bear went back and attacked him again after or what but what so he, he actually died in the hospital a few days later um and when they went out to investigate the next day uh, there was a moose carcass about 50 yards away that had been cached pretty well so this was there was seven grown ass men out there from um, like the sheriff, um, the fish and wildlife, Yellowstone, the grizzly bear committee, like all these people went out to do this investigation, seven grown ass men. And this, this bear came out of the bushes and started charging them and they, um, they bear sprayed it and they shot like, um, rubber bullets at it and it just kept coming after them. And so they had to kill it on site. Um, but that's fucking nuts for a bear for to sure. be that, you know, going after humans, like a, a group of seven men, that's like crazy. But, um, so he had, it's April. So, the boars usually come out of hibernation late March. So he was, you know, not far out of hibernation. And remember, it takes a few weeks for their metabolism to really ramp up. So by this time, he was like really realizing he was hungry. He had a moose carcass and he was just going to defend that thing, mm. you know, at, at, at every cost. And really interesting when they did the, the necropsy <laughs> of the bear he had tissue in his stomach of another grizzly bear. What the hell? That's really so weird, they right? think what they think it is really weird. They think um, that he was either defending or taking the carcass from another grizzly. Oh, so maybe just like an injury to another bear, not like he ate the other bear or something, but still. Right. Mm. It's still it's odd, isn't it? So, so he was already probably pretty ramped up from fighting another fucking grizzly bear. That's crazy. All right. So this year in 2023, there have been three grizzly fatalities in North America. Um, in July in West Yellowstone, pretty sure we've talked, you and I have talked about this before off podcast, but there was a seasonal worker out jogging in the woods um, just outside of town, and she surprised a sow and a cub. 
and the cub, or sorry, and in this case, it was considered a defensive attack. Uh, they were able to kind of piece together what happened with the different footprint, uh, paw prints around. And, um, you know, there's a couple things that that we can see with this that probably could have been changed. Um, she was jogging alone in the woods in West Yellowstone. Um, she had headphones on or like AirPods in, whatever, and she didn't have any bear spray. So I don't know that it would have made a difference with this particular bear. Um, but again, nobody ever deserves to be attacked or killed by a grizzly bear. But if you read any of these books that I've, that I'm talking about that we will uh, link to, you will see that there are a lot of trends, um, you know, a, there's it's very very rare that an attack happens when everything is done right mm -hmm. so again this person did not deserve to be you know attacked or killed by this bear that being said you know this is why i'm so passionate about this stuff i don't want that to happen i don't want somebody to be killed and i don't want the bear to be killed sure. um and in in this particular case this bear defensively attacked someone in 2020 in Island Park, which is uh, anywhere from like 10 to 45 miles away from the parks. It's a very, very long town. Uh, and what when they went to investigate, they found they were close to a carcass and some day beds, but they didn't know. They didn't know they were close to them. They were literally on a hiking trail. Day beds. Yeah, that's where they like lay down and hang out in the day because they're crepuscular. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he, this guy actually, so he was able to like hike out and stuff um, and he's fine now, but he had bear spray on his chest in a chest holster and he could not get to it in time. That's how quick this shit can happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he said, um, he said in one of the articles that we'll link, he said that his big recommendation for people is to have it in your hand, just have it out in your hand the whole time. Makes sense, just in case. Yep. And so the reason why they know it was the same bear is back in 2017, they collared her for research. Mm. So um, the the sad thing, is, I mean, all of it's sad, right? Like we want to prevent these kind of things. Um, this fall, just a few months ago, this particular bear was actually euthanized mm. because her and her cub broke into a cabin in West Yellowstone and started eating a bunch of dog food that was in a container in like a pantry. Oh, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they did not kill her cub, um, but they captured the cub. It's going to live in captivity. Um, but in this case, those homeowners didn't do anything wrong. It was inside their fucking house. Like, it's not like they had a bag of open dog food on the porch, right? Like yeah. these homeowners did everything right. It just concerns me. I really feel like maybe people before them didn't do it right. If the bear knew that there was food in the cabin. That's what I was thinking too. And then very, very recently at the end of September in uh, Canada, in Banff, um, a couple and their dog were killed in the backcountry uh, of Banff. Uh, very, very experienced backpackers, outdoors people. Um, they, they sent out an SOS on their Garmin inReach. And they were able to send a text through that, that inReach to um, the man's uncle. And it just said bear attack bad. Oh no! Yeah, and there was um, there was really bad weather, so they couldn't. So they sent that around eight, and they couldn't get anyone in there till like one o'clock in the morning because helicopters couldn't go, and so people had to mm. hike out to them. And so there was like empty bear spray. The couple and their dog were dead, um, and there was a I guess the the bear was still on site and was being super aggressive. So. They killed it on site. Um, this one, in my mind, is probably predatory because these people did everything right. Um, they had that bear spray that they emptied. They had their food and toiletries in a bear bag, uh, and that was undisturbed. So it was hanging in a bear bag, you know, between the so trees. It didn't seem to be something that drew the dog to them. Correct. And 
like the yeah the dog as far as we know the dog was in the tent with them when this went down so the bear was oh, probably so in the tent when they were attacked well so so they left the tent when the attack happened or right before so what they think is that one of them got up to maybe go to the bathroom or something and you know a bear might have been around there sniffing around but one reason why I think this is predatory also is it, it's just weird for them at eight o'clock at night. I mean, it wouldn't have been dark then yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, end of September, I guess it would have been starting to get dark. And for a bear to just be like rummaging around a campsite, uh, it's that's a little more curious than we'd like them to be. And when they examined the bear, she had super worn teeth and she was really underweight. So she was about 25, they think. Yeah. And so she, you know, that's just unfortunately another one of those situations where these people did everything right, you know, and it still can happen. Like you mentioned the teeth a couple of times. What does that indicate? Like super worn teeth? Oh, just that they're old and they, and they're old and they can't, um, they can't eat like they used to, right? They can't rip flesh mm-hmm. off of an, a dead elk if their teeth aren't sharp. Gotcha. Right. So that might have made it harder for her to to get food normally and stuff. Yep, exactly. And so with those worn teeth, um, you know, a lot of times they'll just go starve to death. Um, this uh, this kind of thing, unfortunately, is is a possibility when they're not able to get food and eat it, they start to get really desperate. Uh, so it mm. could have been in there, you know, looking around for things. Um, but yeah, that's a really sad, I mean, they're all really sad situations, but I wanted to hide like these. That's very sad. Yeah. And these two situations are completely opposite, right? In one, the person could have done a lot more to keep themselves safe. Mm-hmm. And in the other, they did everything they could to keep themselves safe. And it still happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, does all this stuff make you really want to go camping with me in Yellowstone? <laughs> yes, it <laughs> does camping? actually. I was just going to say, when can I schedule that? Um, no, it's ter- it's terrifying. Like it's, especially that last one, just really. Yeah, and it is worth mentioning they were in the backcountry. They weren't in an established campground, but still, they still did everything right. Yeah. And shit happened, you know. Just like haunting. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about why this kind of stuff happens. So there is, there is a positive correlation between human population density and grizzly bear attacks. Um, As we know, like that's a no brainer, right? The more people, the more our habits overlap and the more things are going to happen. Another reason why is you know, again, most of these attacks are females with cubs and females with cubs and even sub adults, really, they tend to stay closer to human populations so that they can be or not human populations, but like human activity. You mentioned that. Yeah. To be yeah, safer from the boars. From boars. Uh-huh. Exactly. Just, like such a crazy thing to think about. Like, yeah. And then some of those other scenarios, like the presence of dogs, uh, wounding a bear, what what that study that 15 year study found was they're mainly the result of and this is a direct quote mainly the result of inappropriate and risk enhancing human behaviors so again these are things that can be somewhat preventable again not always but a lot of time definitely lessen your chance to risk yeah yep and so a couple things um a couple of those inappropriate and risk enhancing behaviors are hiking alone or splitting up. Um, Groups in general are like easier for the bear to detect from further away. So they're more likely Mm -hmm. to know you're there from further away and take off. Um, Groups are also more likely to make noise and bears, bears don't want to fight. They don't want to attack us. They don't want a confrontation. So if they see a group of people, they're going to turn and leave. Even usually a sow with cubs will flee rather than come after you. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is people being really distracted on the trail, um, not paying attention, taking a bunch of pictures of wildflowers, stuff like that. I'm not saying you can't take pictures of wildflowers. Um, You'd be sensible about it. Yeah, exactly. 
not having bear spray um, and access to food. Again, keep, keep a clean camp. Um, make sure you're not being a dick about things, please. And then hunting, right? And this is this is a hard one. Actually, I just um, I just signed up for a little seminar about helping keep keep yourself safer while you're hunting from bears because hunters do everything opposite, right, of bear safety. Not because they're being unsafe, but by nature, you have to be quiet when you're hunting. You have to sneak around when you're hunting. Um, you know, you can't smell like a human when you're hunting. Uh, you're field dressing an animal, right? So you have a gut pile and you have, you know, this this open meat. So there's a lot that goes along with hunting that, you know, is just not, this, it doesn't jive with bear safety. So just to reiterate from microbrewing six, um, the main things, know the conditions of where you're going and be prepared. Um, hike in and stay in groups, make noise, be alert, uh, carry bear spray, but know how to use it and have it ready. Control your fucking kids and your pets. Mm-hmm. Um, pack it in, pack it out. Remember, leave no trace. And store your food and any scented items appropriately. And that includes like chapstick, you know. And so I, I would like to do, I would like to do an episode where we... Mm-hmm maybe just tell some of these stories. Um, the one, Oh, the one that happened in 2011 when I was there, it was a married couple. They were out on the Wapiti Lake trail in Hayden Valley. And there was a sow and cubs and they were photographing. And it, it, there's a lot of things that are kind of back and forth about what really happened, but ultimately the sow ended up charging them and they took off running the bear knocked her down first and she played dead and it like picked her up by the backpack and dropped her. And then the husband kept running and the bear got to him and he, you know, was attacked by the bear. And then the bear and cubs took off after a few minutes and it took a while to get help out there because there's no service. Um, There wasn't a lot of people on the trail, but he did end up dying. Oh, she made it. She did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she she survived. And actually that bear ended up being euthanized because later that summer she was found around the remains of a solo hiker who was killed by a bear. But um, there was evidence that at least 12 different bears fed on him and were in the vicinity. So it's hard to but know. It's hard to know. And because because she had already been involved with something um, with a fatality, even though that was determined to be the first one was determined to be defensive. Um, But the second one, they found her DNA around him and, you know, they proactively euthanized her and they did find his remains in her stomach. Um, But that doesn't mean she killed him. Yeah. So who knows? Like I said, 12 different bears. Hard to know. I want to bring up Timothy Treadwell just a little bit. I'm not going to give him any more attention than he doesn't deserve, but he's that guy that was going up to Alaska every year, like living with the bears thinking he was like, yeah, I some communicate, like he could just communicate with them. And like, I didn't know anything about him. And then I was talking to my aunt that lives in Anchorage like a month and a half ago. And she's like, oh, you remember Timothy Treadwell? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I think because I think he was doing that maybe when we were, when we lived up there, I think. He was kind of in the news and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Continue, though. Yeah. So he died in 2003. But he had been doing it, I think, for thir- – I think that was his 13th year. So he would have started to do that in 1990 then, if that was his 13th year. 90 or 91. It was his 12th or 13th year of doing it. Um, but there is a really good movie uh, documentary called Grizzly Man that Werner Herzog does. Um, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to give him too much attention because, yeah, it just doesn't 
he doesn't warrant any. It kind of reminded me of, you know, Grizzly Adams in the 1800s. He actually died from injuries of a wild bear attack. Oh, my God. Like, and he was like this bear trainer and like tra- uh, traveled with like a circus and shit like that. And yeah, he he got mauled by a wild bear and then a captive bear like ripped it open again. And then like a monkey bit it and he got meningitis. <laughs> like just a bunch of crazy shit. Oh, my God. Basically, f- he fucked around and found out. Yeah. Well, and the thing with, I guess, with with Treadwell, it's like, I don't think we should view bears as like this, like you were saying, like, that they're like these aggressive things trying to like attack us all the time. But also like, pretty much every part of nature and wild animals, they deserve our respect. And a lot of that is us giving them space and not just getting in their faces and trying to like hand feed them and pinch their ears as you would say um you know they they shouldn't be like demonized but they also should be given which respect and i'm trying to even think like a a sensible amount of caution a very yes sensible amount of caution um for their well-being and for our well-being you know absolutely you fucking nailed it thank you yeah having respect you know there's a difference between being totally terrified when you shouldn't versus being aware of the possibilities and doing what you can to mitigate the worst possible scenario right to prevent that absolutely and i think most people walk that line just fine and that's why we don't have more bear Mm -hmm. attacks i think that you know a lot of people walk that line and we're lucky that bears are so fucking tolerant and so afraid of us in mm-hmm. general because we fuck around all the time. I see it all the time on like Torons of Yellowstone or like news articles or whatever. Like we fuck around a lot and mm-hmm. not enough people find out in my opinion when they're doing dumb shit like trying to ride a bison. Like you should get fucking flipped for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was another one I want to mention real quick was a couple years ago in Montana, a biker, she was on some cross-country bike trip. She was killed in her tent. They're calling it predatory, which in in my opinion, it's not. Um, So they were camping and they had food in their tent and the bear came around sniffing and got in the tent and tried to get the food and they scared it off. And then they then they went and stored their food appropriately, and the bear came back, got in the tent, and ended up killing her. So, in my opinion, that's not predatory, oh. but that they labeled that as predatory. It, it is way sad. I don't. I think I would just leave. Was she a cyclist or like a motorcyclist? Yeah, yeah cyclist. Like cyclist. Oh, okay. I guess that does make it harder to just like, hey, we're going to sleep in the car tonight or, you know, we're just going to drive tonight and not stay here. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but, w- you know, with all of that being said, humans are responsible for 71% of grizzly bear deaths. Mm. Humans. Like, Almost two thir- or almost <laughs> almost three fourths of their deaths are because of us, and that's to sad. me, that's completely unacceptable. Absolutely, yeah. That's all grizzly deaths in North America. Like, that's just fucking insane. They sh- mm-hmm. they should be dying of natural things that bears would die from. Yeah. And and that's just responsible. That doesn't mean we are actually pulling the trigger on 71% of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that could mean a multitude of things, but ultimately it's humans. Like that bear in Montana I just talked about, he was already food conditioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking sucks. But um, on Wednesday's microbrewing, we are going to talk about what to do in a physical bear encounter. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. And, you know, again, you can be doing everything right and still have this stuff happen. So it's good to know. And it's good to, to your point, be aware of the possibilities and respect these animals and give them space and do what we can as the smarter, more advanced species to make sure this shit doesn't happen. Absolutely. Um, would you rather have a grizzly bear or a polar bear fall through the ceiling while you're playing uh, games? After this conversation, 
Uh, I want to say polar bear, but that's probably dumb. How about like a teddy bear version of one of them that's just like fluffy and not? No, it's got to be the real one. Damn it. Okay. Um, I'm going to say neither because I don't want to have nightmares tonight. Neither one of them can hurt me. I think if neither one could hurt me, I think I would do polar bear. Oh, okay. Two weeks in a row. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't like, guilt me about it. What would you do? <laughs> I would pick a polar bear for the opposite reason, like or for the opposite with the opposite um, caveat, because I would expect that I'm going to die. So I would rather have it be a polar bear because I've never seen one. So I might as well die. <laughs> I might as well see one before I die. That's a dark. <laughs> Yeah, well, when the first time I saw three ninety nine, the bear, the famous bear in the Tetons, the the joke was made that if we get taken out by her, it'd be an honor. Yeah. <laughs> like it would be an honor if she How got close us. Were you when you first saw her? Like, what was the? Oh well, we were in the car. Um, oh, probably thirty yards away, which is not that far. But again, we were in the car. Gotcha. And we were just in, it just stopped, basically stopped traffic. You're just kind of crawling along. Gotcha. Well, thanks for listening to all those stats. <laughs> um, I will link, I will link all the things, all the things we talked about. Uh, and again, another book I want to plug real quick is that Bear Attacks, Their Causes and Avoidance by Stephen Herrero. He also ha- has authored a lot of studies um, about bear attacks and things like that. So he's he's legit. He's not just – well, I mean all these books are legit, but he's actually um, mm-hmm. like a bear biologist. Uh, yeah, so that book is amazing. Um, it You know, if I, – I guess it could be a little scary, right, reading all these books about, about death by bears. Only a tiny bit. Yeah, but I think – it just gives you because it's like, oh, this could happen, but it's really unlikely. So it does yeah. give that healthy amount of fear, I think. That's probably true. Anyway, give these books a read because they're super fun and badass. And you can borrow them because I'm going to be in town in a few weeks for one day. I would like to, yeah. Yeah, you can borrow however many you want. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads bears and bruise podcast and on x we are bears bruise pod um please email us bears and bruise podcast at gmail.com let me know what you think would you rather have a grizzly bear or a polar bear fall through your ceiling have you had a close encounter with a bear i i would fucking love to hear those stories like i was gonna say have you had a polar bear fall through your ceiling <laughs> if you have please tell us yes i'd be fascinated yes that would be, I'd be fast. Yeah. Either of those things, just a general bear encounter or a polar bear crashing through your ceiling. Exactly. Either one would be amazing. No, I love, I love hearing about stuff like that. So send us all those things. Um, make sure to rate and review, please, 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 please rate review and subscribe on mm-hmm. whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And thanks to ACAST for hosting and Christian Mills for our music. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.